You know, that's one of those things that you just got to do. A lot of SDRs, they just go get a prescription for Adderall. And I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I need that. I said, some some people do cocaine, but, you know, it's really up to you. You could just put your headphones in if you wanted. That's where you and I differ, I think. I think we're similar. (laughs) That's where, you know. Ross had the same manager, and that's what yeah. turned it all around. I'll be honest, I still don't fully believe you, but hey, we'll take your word for it. That's some royalty-free shit, people. That's what we do. Beyond Quota. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Quota. I'm Ben. We have Corp, Ross Pomerantz here. We have a very, very special guest, sales celebrity, a gong uh aficionado gong salesperson sarah brazier here on the call with us sarah welcome to beyond quota thanks it's great to be here i'm excited i i think we prepped for this like a month ago and then it never happened so i don't remember what we're going to talk about but you know everything it's going to be everything i was thinking we would start you know back in the early days of Sarah Brazier, when you were in speech and debate and actually had a pretty successful uh, career there as a dramatic interpreter, national runner-up in dramatic interpretation. I think what you're referencing is me in high school. Um, that's when I got national runner-up in dramatic interpretation. And National runner-up. That's pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. Didn't win. And in sales, it's all about winning. But that's where that's where it really hit me. Like, I need to win. Like, how, how do you think it prepared you for a life in sales? The, the first is that you get really comfortable with rejection and negative feedback. Because on top of that score of like between one and six, you also get a ballot with someone's candid feedback about why they gave you that score. I think when you're doing something like speech and debate, you know, these are topics that you're interested in. These are like speeches that you're putting together. This is like your work. And it's really a passion project of the student. Whereas in sales, you know, I'm selling someone else's product. I didn't build it. I didn't make it. I didn't come up with the dream. It doesn't hurt my feelings as much because I'm doing this job to make money versus, you know, speech and debate is something I'm doing for fun. So when someone sends me unsubscribe <laughs> or uh, is mean to me on a cold call or doesn't buy. I did I did have emotional responses at first as an SDR, but I don't think it was nearly as big or as painful for some people. You know, something that you and Ross have to deal with on LinkedIn is creating, you know, these social posts and uh, creating content. You know, what is, I know for Ross, you know, he, he can speak to it, but getting negative feedback on that content that you're making that's, you know, maybe has to do with the company that you're working for, but it's also about you and it's, it's more personal. Do you feel like that's different when you kind of get random criticism versus, you know, not closing a deal? For me, it is. I want to hear what Ross says, and and then I'll say what I think. I mean, kind of like Sarah said, like when it's your content, you put some piece of yourself into it, and so that rejection can be a little bit more personal. Ben, you know, every every day you're talking me off the ledge of just like shutting it all down, deleting everything, and just moving to the mountains, uh, which still sounds amazing right now. Moving to um, Missoula, yeah, you can just stay there. 
you do that part? Like, <laughs> I would not move to the mountains, but I would move to a golf course somewhere. I don't care where it is. It would just be a golf course somewhere. You know, people are like rejection. If you start getting rejection, you're going in the right direction. You know, it's like you're getting big enough that you're going to get you're going to get outside your bubble to people who may, maybe don't have context, maybe just flat out don't agree. It hurts me more when there's a, a semblance of truth, or at least that I believe there's a semblance of truth to it. You know, if you're like going through a rut of creative and people are like, it's, this isn't that good. You're like, I fucking know it's not that good. Yeah, I think I have the benefit that like my income stream is not based so much around having a presence on LinkedIn, although that does help bring credibility to some conversations that I have. It's a, it's a good, good feeling when, example, I got on a call with somebody a couple days ago, and he said that he had followed my content uh, since I was an SDR and he'd used it to coach some of his reps. And it was like clearly indicated the reason, one of the, one of the helping reasons he took the meeting with my SDR is because he, he knew who I was. So it wasn't so, so much of a random person reaching out and being like, Hey, come look at our software. But instead he's like, Oh, okay. I have, I have familiarity and context and I'm familiar with Sarah. There are people who are mean on the internet and it is totally different sensation wise for me than getting rejected on a deal. Cause most of the time, I mean, prospects can be jerks, but most of the time they're not. And most of the time they'll just either just stop responding to you or they'll tell you they bought a competitor and you're like, Oh man, like I wish you would have told me that earlier because then I either wouldn't have spent my time doing this or I could have provided you with different information or, you know, I feel disappointed you weren't honest with me. What are, and what I really want to do is I want to be the most of, like most of the, the bullying that I've experienced or the people being mean are anonymous. So they're on some kind of forum where I don't know their real name. Um, and I really just want to be like, hey, can you share a little bit more about? what bothers you so much about me? <laughs> I, I want to know, I want to know why you don't like me so much. And I want, and I think like the thing that it's done for me is I'm just really curious about the psychology of online behavior in anonymous places and why people, why people feel like they can be so malicious or feel entitled to that. Half the time I respond to people and they're like, Oh shit, dude! Didn't realize you were gonna respond. Like, sorry, I actually like really love your stuff, and like, and I'm like, after what you just wrote that whole thing, and now I'm calling you out for it, and now you're back going back on like, what the what the hell? I remember this. This goes back to speech and debate. But when I was in college, I put together a speech that was about gun violence in the United States. Still, still a hot topic. Although, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. And, um, my, there had been yet another, uh, mass shooting and my speech coach had put a practice session, a recording of it online. Cause he felt like it was, you know, timely. And I was like, sure, that's fine. Well, a bunch of, um, like, uh, okay. white supremacist men found it and wrote some articles about it on like these like neo-Nazi websites. And they, um, this is when you're in college. I just graduated from college. So it's like the su the summer after I graduated and they found, they found my, my Facebook profile and they found about where I lived. They some, which I didn't have on Facebook. I don't actually know how they found out where I lived, but they found out where I lived, where I went to school. Um, and they wrote it all in this like article, uh, neo-Nazi blog post. And then they found me, they they found me on Facebook and started messaging me about all the ways that I should die. Oh my God. 
Mm, and they okay. were way, way too graphic to repeat, even if we weren't recorded. And <laughs> please, I mean, if that happened to me, I would be like, I would not care at all what anyone said about my <laughs> LinkedIn posts or sales calls that don't go well. I mean, that really puts it into perspective. <laughs> On a more positive note, uh, I mean, you you start you started your career. Uh, this is actually not on a more positive note, but you, you started your career in sales. You like, you, you had a pretty negative first experience as an SDR before you found yourself at Gong. What, what made you keep going? I was just like, I'm a 13 time national finalist in a competition that is literally about communication I have a degree in broadcast journalism. I graduated with honors. I'm not stupid and I don't know not how to talk to people. I think that maybe the problem is not me, but it's where I am. And I also talked to my brother about it who'd been working in technology for a really long time. He was in product. He is in product. And I just described to him some of the things that had happened at work, like, yes, go on. That's what we're here for. <laughs> go on. I had a conversation with a manager where I had shared that I was having a hard time prospecting, like just finding accounts to reach out to in my territory because we separate our territory by state. So I just said, you know, I'm, I'm having a hard time finding appropriate accounts to reach out to. Could you help me with that? Because they had prefaced this conversation with, how can I help you be successful in your role? And I said, can we sit down together and go through how I'm using Zoom info today and make sure that I'm like not, not crazy. <laughs> and, and the response was like, you know, that's one of those things that you just got to do. A lot of SDRs, they just go get a prescription for Adderall. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I need that. I said, well, some, some people do cocaine, but... <clears throat> You know, it's really up to you. You could just put your headphones in if you wanted. That's yes. where you and I differ, I think. I think we're similar. <laughs> that's where, you know. Ross had the same manager, and that's what yeah. turned it all around for him. And we were and super close. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was just like, huh. And then, and, then, and then they went, no need to go to HR about it. And I was like, <laughs> Yep, huh. same manager. <laughs> huh. And you know, I've I've been watching I've been watching Corporate Bro. I actually didn't know Corporate Bro. It was after I saw like Corporate Bro skits after that, and I was like, see, that's why I thought that was because in my brain I was like, well, I guess this is just tech, you know. I guess this is my new life in sales. And um, like a couple weeks later, I was at a barbecue at my brother's house. He's like, so how's your job going, Sarah? And I was like, yeah, this really weird thing happened the other day. My I think my manager told me I should like do coke or like get an Addy prescription. He was like, you know, Sarah, that's that's illegal. Come to the right place, pops bottle. Here you go. <laughs> Glad you gave the barbecue. Here you go. That that's like a microcosm of of some of the problems I think existed. I think I think the more I, time I spend in sales and the more distance I have from it, I think that the company itself um, made a mistake that we're seeing a lot of companies make right now, which is they said growth at all costs. They scaled their sales team before they had an ICP, before they knew how to sell what they had built, before a lot of things. And nobody at that company was hitting quota because they they didn't they didn't really know 
exactly what they were doing. And I think, I think they're they, just giving people drugs saying, hit it, <laughs> getting addiction, yeah, I guess. getting people addictions. But, you know, there's like, you know, when I started at the at company, there's maybe like 15 SDRs and I ha- I didn't even stay there for a full year. And I think they had like 60 or 70 SDRs when I left. What brought you to Gong? Was it like the, were you attracted to the company culture or did you like really believe in the product? What maybe attracted you to go there and then what made you feel like you were you know thriving once you got there? You mostly need to be able to understand the problem that your product solves and be able to understand why, why someone would buy it. Um, and you can use like the jobs to be done framework. What is the job to be done? And what are the challenges in doing that job? And what are the different ways that you could solve for it? And what does doing that job X way, how is that better than doing it Y way? And um, know your know your limitations and not sell something that you shouldn't. Because, you know, sales is a long game, not just, you know, I'm going to be a gong for now, but I'm probably going to move companies at some point in my life. And uh, breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> I mean, that was going to be my question. My next question was going to be like, what is next in the life of Sarah Brazier? Because you, like, you know, you're, you're a gong icon, but you're more of like, you've done a really good job of just being your own icon and you've got you're your Sarah own Brazier brand. And you've got, you know, you do a lot of different things outside of just being an AE for gong. I don't think I'm done selling as an individual contributor right now. I think it is interesting to me and um, I'm uh, having plenty of success in it. So I'm making good money. And um, one of the things that I don't, it probably gets talked about, but I just haven't read it on LinkedIn recently is that there's a, there's a really big difference between selling commercial and selling enterprise, like the way that the sales cycle works and the conversations that you have. And I think that selling um, commercial is like really fun, but it's super fast paced and it is not, it is not a long-term strategy for a salesperson. Or if, if you're doing it and you're good at it, like you just got more energy than me. Um, But it's, it's, it's moved so quickly that you don't have any time to really think. And um, I think that for me, it would be really beneficial to, spend some time closing larger deals and learning like the nuances of what that looks like and actually have some brain, brain space to think about closing big deals. And so I moved into a mid-market role at Gong, like, you know, instead of closing 10 deals a month, I'm going to be closing 10 deals a year. And that's great. I tell this to people who want to like are an SDR and they're like, do I wait to get promoted at my current company or do I just go be an SDR somewhere else where the promotion path is shorter? And like, to me, it's like, well, if you're really close and you already know this product really well, and you know how to prospect into it, and you know how to have the conversations, then why don't you just learn how to be an AE without having to also learn a whole new product on top of that? And that's kind of how I feel about um, learning, learning upmarket sales motion is like, well, I know Gong really well, so I should definitely continue to sell this product that's doing really well. It, I think will do well in, um, in a recession or in some kind of economic uncertain times, it did really well during COVID. It was um, like it sold really well because it's it's a it's a game changer. It's critical. It's whatever buzzword you want to use, <laughs> but it's really really important if your if your focus is efficiency and you have to do a lot more with a lot less resources. So, um, moral of the story is like, yeah, I want to keep selling. I want to sell big deals. That's what I'm working on right now at Gong. 
And then after that, I mean, I don't know exactly what the path is in front of me. Do I keep closing bigger deals and just do that until it gets boring and then move into management? Or do I go do my own thing or start something? I'm not sure. I'm a, I like to open doors and walk into them and just like see if I like the room and then go open another door. But I, I like the room I'm in right now. So, and I just moved and I've got a dog now and, you know, I've just been. Gong management's like. Thank <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. guys, you got that dog. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Let us know if you want to change the room at all. We'll decorate or something. Yeah, um, like, yeah, maybe maybe they'll let me, you know, maybe if I say I want to go manage, um, they'll just like give me a team and then I'll be fine. But what if I just skipped the whole manager part and just went straight to a director, you know? I mean, oh, why not? Out there. I see you got to ask for it. <laughs> I think you're ready. I did. I did. I asked our VP of sales. <laughs> he was like, this is like, well, you know, if you ever wanted to make me a director, I'm here. Okay. Yeah. Not how it works, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. You don't get what you don't ask for, you know. You got to ask for the deal. Yeah, I feel like if I just keep positioning it on like podcasts and webinars, like you'd be like, "Fuck." Eventually, yeah, exactly, exactly. We want to give you a chance to shout out, um, you know, where people can find you. Where can they follow you? What do you got working on? Um, they can find me on LinkedIn. Unlike Ross, I don't use any other form of social media because I think it's poisoning the American mind. Um, just like <laughs> you're, you're completely right, and I am fully poisoned, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just don't. I can't. I can't deal with. I can't deal with uh, the internet anymore. But LinkedIn is like it's like one of those things. It's like a slow drip of morphine. Like I have to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I will die from it eventually. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, what have I got going on? I mean, I'm selling mid-market deals now. So if you want to buy Gong, um, you can always reach out to me on LinkedIn or, you know, on LinkedIn, um, <laughs> or on my email, my Gong email, sarah.brazier at gong.io. And then, uh, I'm working right now. I'm doing stuff with, uh, Sales Impact Academy. I'm going to do Coblets after this. Sick. And, uh, you know. <laughs> It's like, woo, that's super <laughs> Talking to Ben and Corp, great time. Then I'm just going to like. Get jacked up and go rip some dials. Well, there's one more thing after that. I think it's over under gong puts me in their next Super Bowl ad. They're not going to put you in the next Super Bowl ad. <laughs> <laughs> ah, what? Over under? What? Uh, under. Under. <laughs> Smash the under. I'm smashing the under too. Maybe, maybe you could be like a background character, but you know, you could, you could like, they might show your ear, like the side of your face. It's like someone. My ears are pretty small. So they'll have to like really punch in with some 4k, but we can make that work. All I got to do is find the ad agency they're working with.